Lift up your hands and exalt the name of the Lord. And can we just respond to the ministration of the choir this morning? As we rededicate our lives to him, it's always good to respond to God's message in whatever form it comes. Whether in music, drama, in preaching of the word, it's still the word of God, it's still the message of the Lord. And this morning, the choir has asked us to realign ourselves to the commission that God has given to us. The commission of being where he is and then the commission of going for him. When he called his disciples to himself, the Bible records that he called them that they might be with him and then that they might go for him. How often we love to go for him, but we don't want to be with him. It doesn't add up. So this morning, can we just ask the Lord for his help, ask the Holy Spirit for his help. We have been reminded by the choir and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to stay true to that aspect of the commission of staying with him, being with him. And that boils down to quiet time. That boils down to being in the spirit. The Bible says walking in the spirit and fulfilling not the desire of the flesh. Walking in the spirit, being in the spirit, staying with the Holy Spirit, fellowshipping with the Lord, having intimacy with the Lord. It matters to the Lord and it must matter to you. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us again this day. That... It's important for us to be found in your presence. It's important for us to cherish your presence. It's important for us to highly esteem your presence. Father, we rededicate our lives and ourselves to these in the name of Jesus. The Lord, your presence will matter to us more than our necessary food. And Lord, in your presence, as the scriptures say, we will know the fullness of your presence. We will know pleasure forevermore. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Church, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It may be a bit cold this morning, but don't worry. Um, it will soon be noon. When the sun will be out and will be warm again. Amen. But you can warm yourself up, actually, if you know how to do that. Amen and amen. Sweet Simons, God bless you. We appreciate you. Please, let's appreciate them. God bless you. Always ministering and always a blessing to us. Amen. Father, we thank you again for this hour. Lord, we receive your word. Engrafted word, word of life, that which only you can deliver. We receive by faith all your intention for us as individuals and as a church. We pray, Father, that there will be a quickening of the very word you have prepared for us today in our hearts. Lord, it shall be that seed that we yield hundredfolds in the name of Jesus. 
For we are here with good grounds, and there will be hundredfold yield. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. How many of us remember um, our, the theme of our anniversary in general now? Vinebrand Ministries. Uh, let me be specific. Vinebrand Mokola. Divine alignment. Divine alignment. So the word for the year actually is restoration. But for the anniversary, specifically, the theme was divine alignment. And I found the Lord you know, directing my attention to that again. And I felt, oh, probably that will be what it will love us to hear this morning. Divine alignment. Hallelujah. Um, alignment simply means to set in order. To set in order in such a way that there will be harmony, in such a way that there will be orderliness, there will be no disorder. Amen. Um, it's used in graphics, it's used in um, military. It's used in, um, uh, in automobile. Amen. And when it's used in um, the automobile, you know, it's actually, sorry, when it's used in the graphics, in literal terms, it means arrangement of various items in relation to the, in relation to the various borders or edges. So, so in graphics, you want to make sure that pictures, lines are put together in such a way that they make a meaningful meaning. And without alignment, correct alignment, you will have pictures out of place, lines out of place, and there will be no meaning. Hallelujah. Those who are in graphics and design will agree with me. The alignment is important. If you want to make a good meaning of your intention and impression. Hallelujah. So in alignment, you want to have the right impression in place. You want to have the right intention in place. And there must nothing be out of place. Nothing must be out of place. In the military, when they are having their match pass, you will see them all straighten out. And when you check them out, no particular member of that parade will be out of line. They have so much perfected that in such a way that, in fact, if you stay with one, it will be difficult to see who the next person was. Because they will make sure that they are in alignment. And they take their dressing from just one person that is called a marker. So once you get on the line, you check yourself with the marker. Once you see any part of the marker, then you know you are not in line. If you check out the person that stands as a standard on the parade ground, and you find out that you are seeing any part of that person 
then you know you are not aligning with him. So you see them quickly doing this, or doing this, or doing this, stylishly. Hardly will you even know that they are moving. And before you know it, they are aligned. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God this morning is calling us unto alignment. There is the one that he has made the patent son. He's called Jesus Christ. And God expects our life to line up with the lifestyle, the teaching, the preaching of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's important for you and I to have that understanding that every day of our lives, we must have a bearing from the Lord Jesus Christ. We take dressing from him. We take bearing from him. Hallelujah. So when the scripture says, the author and the finisher of our faith, the scripture is actually saying, the one from whom you take dressing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When we take dressing from him, we align with him, and then what is said in scriptures? That these things that I do, much more shall you do. That will become reality. We can't do as much as it did well on earth if we are out of order. Things will put, be put in place when we are in order. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this morning we are looking at divine alignment. And I like the divine dimension to reach. Because that suggests to you and I that there is a program in God's mind for you and I that is from him. And as long as we are in tune with him, there will be manifestation. Hallelujah. So we look at this from two angles. God's preparation for there to be, you know, the, the repeated occurrence of his goodness, of his love, the repeated occurrence of his intentions coming forth, manifesting. Amen. And there is the angle of you being positioned to receive that. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There was this man in the scriptures. Paul the apostle, he was Saul, the apostate, before he became an apostle. As an apostate, he went after the people of God and he vexed the church of God. We remember the story. Eventually, he came across the Lord on his way to Damascus. The Lord penetrated his journey and the Lord declared himself to him as the Lord. Hallelujah. And right from that moment, his life that was out of order was brought into order. Right from that moment, Paul realigned and left where he was to come to where he was supposed to be. He left being the enemy of God and became the friend of Christ. And you know what? Right from the moment he took that decision. Because you see, the moment he said, who art thou, Lord? 
Paul changed the narrative. Hallelujah. The narrative changes the moment you call him the Lord. The narrative changes that day you gave your life to Christ. The narrative of your life changed when you submitted yourself to the Lordship of Jesus. So for Paul, the narrative of his life changed right from the minute he said, Who art thou, Lord? You know, the brightness of the light that came from heaven that caused him to, you know, submit forcefully to the Lord. Made him to understand that the one he was, you know, he was having an encounter with that material time was not an ordinary person. He understood that that couldn't have been any other person but the Lord. Hallelujah. Nobody came to tell him that, ah, your experience is from the Lord. And it was an instant understanding that this couldn't be any other person but the one whom I've been persecuting. And you will not call him by any other name but the Lord. He said, who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? Oh, I see a power. I see an, a force that is different from what I've seen since I was born. This is different from all others. And this couldn't be except from the higher force. But I don't know him. So the question, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord revealed himself to him. I'm the one you persecute. But no problems. I have appointed you. Hallelujah. I have appointed you. Child of God, in salvation there is appointment. In coming to the Lord Jesus, there is an appointment. I have appointed you. And you see, oh, thank you Jesus. When, when Jesus approached Paul or Saul, and had intention of changing things in his life. He wasn't working on Saul alone. He was also working on some other people that he was going to meet with subsequently. One of such person was Ananias, a disciple of Jesus, living in Damascus. As Jesus was dealing with Saul, Jesus was dealing with Ananias, and Jesus was telling Ananias, there is someone in the house of uh, Simon the Tanner, you will go to that person and um, you will tell the person this and this and this and this and this and this and this I have for you. And then I said, no, I have heard about this man, how terrible he has been. I don't want to risk my life. And Jesus spoke to Ananias. I want us to look at what Jesus said about Paul to Ananias in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9. When Ananias protested and said, Lord, I don't want to risk my life. For I know the damage this man has done to your church. Hallelujah. Let's start from verse um, 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. What did the Lord Jesus say? Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Hallelujah. So, 
Lord Jesus said, there is this man I'm realigning. And I'm realigning him onto purpose. And he's going to speak about me before Gentiles. And he was specific. Before Gentiles. Who were Gentiles? Gentiles were anyone that was not a Jew. That was not of the Jewish origin. And he was saying, look, I'm sending him to the Gentiles. He will appear before kings. He will bear my name before Gentiles. He will bear my name before kings. He will bear my name before the children of Israel. It will be a witness to these ones that is what I've called him unto. And then Ananias got the courage to go and do what the Lord asked them to do. Paul had his life realigned onto purpose. Paul had his journey punctuated so that there could be a realignment. And the moment that kick started in the life of Paul, Jesus began to make arrangements. For purpose to be fulfilled. In divine alignment. There are preparations for you along the line of your journey. That God has put in place. For things to happen. For purpose to be achieved. Hallelujah. There are people who have put in place. To ensure that the calling upon your life come to fruition. He has put material things. Inheritance. Whatever you can term it. On the line, on the journey, for you to utilize, for you to carry out purpose. Hallelujah. And it's what he alone can do, and not what man can fix for you. Man can try to align you and further cause problems. So that alignment now becomes dislocation. May we never suffer dislocation in life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But you see, like I said... It will begin with your knowledge of who Christ is. It will begin with the answer to that question, who art thou, Lord? So for anyone who has not asked the question, who art thou, Lord? The journey of alignment begins from there. What am I saying? If you have not given your heart to Christ, the alignment cannot be seen and alignment cannot happen. If you have not called him Lord from the depth of your spirit, the alignment cannot happen. It has to begin with alignment with the new man. Hallelujah. Who is the new man? Christ the new man. Who is the new man? Jesus, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. There must be first alignment with him for there to be other things following. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want us to look at the story in the book of Luke, chapter 10. It was a parable that Jesus told. A parable he told about the good Samaritan. And we're going to look at uh, verse 25. And behold, it was a story Jesus told. A certain Samaritan stood up and tested him. Oh, a certain love, um, lawyer, sorry, stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is uh, your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. The lawyer responded, I have done all this. What else should I do? Let's go to um, verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man. Went down from Jerusalem to Jericho 
and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Hallelujah. Let's pause there. So this was a parable. The man asked, who is my neighbor? And Jesus gave this parable. Amen. Now I see something in this parable that I want to share with us. I see the story of humanity in this parable. I see the man that was wounded as humanity. Humanity was wounded by thieves. By thieves. Headed by the devil. It happened in the Garden of Eden. Humanity was deprived of what God gave, gave, gave it. And in the garden, we remember the story. How the devil deceived Eve and asked them to eat, to eat what she wasn't supposed to eat. Eve deceived his husband, Adam. Both fell. Humanity fell with Adam. Hallelujah. So the thief came. To steal what they were given by God. They were, they were wounded. Glory to God. Now by chance. And departed. Leaving him half dead. Departed and leaving him half dead. Humanity was left half dead. Alive physically. But dead in the spirit. Remember God said. If you eat out of this tree. You will die. And the devil said you won't die. <laughs> Both were correct. Hallelujah. But we know that the devil will twist the truth to favor his interest. Because man was actually half dead when man fell. Physically alive but spiritually dead. A part alive, a part dead. And the part that was there is the very essence of man. Child of God, if you are still half dead, I call you child of God prophetically. Because anyone who is half dead is not, is not yet a child of God. Anyone who is still half dead is half dead. And he has no inheritance with the common, in the commonwealth of Israel, in the commonwealth of the heavens, in the commonwealth of the kingdom. Anyone who is half dead is still in the, in the, in the scene of the first Adam. For in the first Adam all died. But in the last Adam all were made alive. So in Adam we all died. We became half dead. We were born into sin. Physically alive, but a spirit man dead. But the day we realized that we needed the Lord, we became alive totally. Both parts alive. Physically alive, spiritually alive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, we continue with the story. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. No other salvation from anyone. No salvation from anywhere. The Levite could not save. The priest could not save. But who did? Who saved? Let's look at the person who saved. And passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, our Lord Jesus Christ, as he journeyed, as he came from heaven to earth, he came where he was. He came to humanity. And when he saw humanity, he had compassion. Hallelujah. So he went to him and and, um, and the wounds pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on, the, on his own animal, brought him to, the, to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So, which of those three of them are the, Hallelujah. So, he took the man. 
he cleaned him up. He, he, he brought him to the inn and he handed him to the innkeeper. Hallelujah. You are in the safe hands of the innkeeper. The Holy Ghost is the innkeeper. Hallelujah. So when Christ came and did the work of salvation and restored humanity to where humanity was meant to be, he now handed humanity to uh, the Holy Spirit because he said I will go for a journey but he said I will come back hallelujah he said I will come back he made a down payment for our treatment for our he gave resources to the Holy Spirit child of God when you came to Christ and you became his son he handed you over to the Holy Ghost for safekeeping and he gave Holy Ghost resources to take care of you there are resources for you to live a life of godliness and a life that is and that, that 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 is worthy of, of emulation. Hallelujah. The resources of the heavens are with the Holy Spirit, and He will deploy them to you for you to have life in Christ in abundance, as Christ said. Hallelujah. And the innkeeper will keep, the innkeeper will lead, the innkeeper will you know encapsulate your life and make things happen for you. Why have we gone through that journey? For you to know who you are if you're in Christ Jesus. And for you to understand that alignment with purpose by the agency of the Holy Spirit will bring on your table things that you cannot by imagine. Hallelujah. Spiritual resources, physical resources, emotional resources. What, what have you available with the innkeeper. In Mark chapter 13. When Jesus gave another parable. About the fact that a man went to a journey. And uh, he, he, he gave talent. You know to, to his servants. And he said they should trade with that talent. And uh, the Bible said. He asked a porter. To watch over the porter. The Holy Spirit is a porter. Who watches over. Listen. You were not called into emptiness. You were not saved into vanity. We all were saved into substance. We were saved into reality. We are saved into that which men can, which are tangible, palpable, hallelujah, by the Holy Spirit. So there is no, no issue. With the Lord supplying things that will cause life to be what it should be. So divine alignment as far as God is concerned is not an issue with him. In fact, these are things he had prepared even before we were born. Hallelujah. But we are the one to align ourselves to that. Glory to God. So he said that we have been called unto grace. But he also said we must walk. So the onus is on us to walk. He won't do the walking for us. So as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. As you have received Christ, the receiving of Christ was by God. You did not save yourself. He saved you by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Not of works. But the walking in Christ will have to be by you. 
He won't do it for you. If you look at the book of Galatians chapter 2, we have Paul had a record of what transpired. He said, I was born as one, I, I, I came to Christ as one born in due time or in due season. He said, when I gave my life to Christ, he said, I did not consult with anyone. He said, I had, I was in Arabia for three years. What was he doing in Arabia for three years? He was soaking in. Soaking in the resources, soaking in the power of God, soaking in the presence of God. He was studying the scriptures. He, he, was, he was understanding what preparation had been made for him in Christ Jesus. He had full understanding of what had been prepared for him in Christ Jesus. It was after then he now came to Jerusalem. He came to Peter to exchange notes to see if what the Lord told him actually, you know, in consonance with what the apostles were teaching. And they saw it was so. Because it is the same Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus will never, never, never counter himself. Hallelujah. But the most important thing. He took time to know who his Lord was. And who his Lord is. He walked in. As you have therefore received Christ. Walk ye in him. The walking in him has to do with your efforts, taking steps, practical steps to doing that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So for the purpose of this message this morning, I want to say that in walking in Christ Jesus, we must align unto purpose. Unto purpose. Unto purpose. Yes, unto purpose. Haven't given our lives to Christ. Haven't been saved. Haven't been positioned rightly. Then purpose must be discovered. And purpose must be followed to the letter. We must align unto purpose. And under that purpose, we have factors that must be considered. We must consider the factor of people. We consider the factor of place. We consider the factor of plan. Under purpose, these three factors are quite important. Because there are people that must, must be surrounded with. There are people that you must be sent to. And there are people that must be sent to you. Hallelujah. Under purpose, there is a place you must be. Purpose will not materialize anywhere. It is place specific, people specific, plan specific. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. So there's this life of this woman that is so intriguing. This life of a woman in the scriptures that is so beautiful. Ruth, she is called. She was a Moabitess. Moabites. And God has said in Deuteronomy 23 that no Moabite must be seen in the camp of Israel. But as God would divinely arrange it, this woman was accepted in the camp of Israel. It was a journey actually. But you see, unfortunately, somebody had to be dislocated for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Ruth chapter 1. There was famine in Bethlehem. And a man felt the antidote to that was to relocate. 
And Elimelech said, woman, children, we are relocating. There is problem in Bethlehem. Famine in Bethlehem. The next thing to do is to relocate. But there was a man in that same place called Boaz. We will later know about Boaz at the latter part of Ruth, the book of Ruth. Who had farm. Who was prosperous. But he also experienced that famine period. It never occurred to him to relocate. What occurred to him was the God of the mountain is a God in the valley. He will level mountains. He will raise the valley. Things will come to normalcy again. Temporary affliction should not dislocate you. Do not allow temporary affliction to set you out of order. When you become dislocated, it could be very grave. In fact, for Elimelech, it cost him his life. It cost him the life of his children. God does add mercy upon the woman, Naomi. And I suspect that Naomi probably went with him because she had no choice. Probably it wasn't her choice. When somebody is out of alignment, things may go hurry. Glory to God. No problem with relocating if it's by the leading of the Lord. Abraham was called out of his father's house. It was a call by the divine being, God. He did not take that initiative. Isaac wanted to take the initiative of living where he was because of famine. And God spoke, stay. He obeyed. And he had hundredfold yield for every effort he made. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Elimelech had the intention of giving good life to his family. But in the process, he hurt his family. Child of God, let the innkeeper lead you. Jesus committed you into the hands of the innkeeper. He committed you into the hands of the potter. As the potter and innkeeper is mandated to take care of your life. Allow him. Allow him. So the man that was hurt by the thieves. Under the watch of the innkeeper. If he decided one day. To the innkeeper. I'm not. I'm tired. Of staying in the same place. I'm tired. I want to move. And the innkeeper says, your bones have not healed. The wounds are still there. Allow me to keep. No, 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 no. And he decides to leave. And then bring about further damage to what was already healing. That would have been the fault of the man and not that of the innkeeper. I'm bringing it home. I'm saying in essence, let every matter of your life be regulated by the Holy Spirit. Allow every matter to the minutest detail, every matter of your life. Allow every matter to be managed, to be directed. Hallelujah. Allow every matter of your life to be organized by the Holy Spirit. Because he's gotten the resources. 
He has the resources. So alignment onto purpose, again, is people-oriented, place-oriented, plan-oriented. So Elimelech left the house of bread, because that's what Bethlehem means, and went to Moab, a cursed land. But there was a cursed woman in that land that decided to realign and become a blessed woman. Hallelujah. So the issue of alignment is so important. And it's specific driven. It's specificity driven, I should say. For every individual, there is a specificity. For every individual, there are things that are tailor-made, custom-made for you, which you must discover, which will align with purpose. People-driven, like I said. People-driven. So, Naomi had, had the horror of losing her husband, losing the children, and then she heard that God had visited his people. She heard God has visited his people. Ruth chapter 1 verse 6. She had God has visited. <laughs> the story of the famine and the consequence of making wrong decisions were narrated in just six verses of the book of Ruth. But right after that sixth verse, the story of abundance, realignment, visitation, blessing, filled the rest of the story. Up to chapter 4. What you have after the initial affliction is nothing compared to what will happen. To, 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 it's nothing compared to the affliction itself. For your light affliction, which are like piece of bread, like message will put it, or, or potato. Light affliction, which are temporary, we work out for you. A weightier what? Weightier what? Weightier glory that you cannot imagine. Bring it up, Ruth chapter 1 verse 6. Ruth chapter 1 verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law and she, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people. God will visit Nigeria. God will visit this land. It may be so bad and so terrible, God will visit this land. Now I'm bringing it home. God will visit your home. It may be so bad, it may be so tortuous. The journey may be wind, the journey may be wavy, it may be so crooked. But the visitation of the Lord will change the narration. In the name of Jesus. God surely visits. God surely visits. He surely visits. Can you please bring it up again? Verse 6. Ruth chapter 1 verse 6. For she had heard in the country of Moab 
how that the Lord has visited his people in giving them bread. Giving them bread. There is enough in the storehouse of the Lord to go around. You will have yours, I will have mine, and I will be left over. We have that principle in the dividing of the bread unto multitudes by Jesus. 5,000, excluding women and children, were fed and left over. I'm saying it goes round and there will be left over. And that is why you must understand where to be. Because where you have, there will be attraction of the bread. The bread is placed specific. The bread is placed, you know, oriented. So Bethlehem, the place of bread, and bread returned. Bethlehem at times may suffer bread. But it's just because the Lord in his ways will do things for whatever reason. But there is one thing about the Lord. He is always faithful. Hallelujah. Scarcity of bread may come, but faithful God will restore. Scarcity of bread may be experienced, but the faithful Lord will restore. Hallelujah. I decree a restoration this morning of bread unto God's people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Then Naomi said, daughters, stay back. I'm going back to Bethlehem. Two of them who married the two children, the two sons that died, Oprah and, Oprah and um, Ruth. Oprah said, I want to go with you. Both said we want to go with you. But he prevailed, she prevailed on them. Say, look, what are you going to have that to do with me? I don't have any children for you to marry. I mean, don't become like me. Lost my husband, you've lost your husband. You still have hope. Stay in your place of nativity and remarry. But I don't have hope anymore. I'm, I'm of age. I mean, I'm old. And Ruth said, no, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Where you die, there I will die. Hallelujah. So Ruth forced herself into the commonwealth of Israel by that utterance. Ruth bulldozed away into the commonwealth of Israel. And by that action, what the Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter 23, that or Moabites, the Moabites were not to be found in the camp of the people of God, was suspended for that woman. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Purpose identified is life attracted. Goodness attracted. Purpose identified is greatness attracted. I don't know what Ruth saw, but she must have seen something that was different from what Moab will offer her. She had not been to Israel before, but she saw a woman from that place and she saw God in that woman. And she said, I will go. I'm ready to leave all. And I'm ready to stay with this woman and our God. Hallelujah. 
And then they went together. And then things began to happen. Things began to happen. Ruth chapter 2, please, as we begin to round up. Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. Still talking about divine alignment. Ruth chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husbands, mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Verse 2. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Verse 3. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And a harp was to light on a part of the field. So it was appostance, as the Bible will say. But you see, Bible says it is appostance, but we know it is divine. Hallelujah. So it was Ahabt was to light on the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Go on. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? There will always be an announcement when you are aligning with purpose. And remember, in aligning with purpose, you must be in the right place. Ruth has found herself in the right place. And things are falling in place. She was identified. Purpose will announce you. <laughs> Let's come, continue please. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers. Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said. It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Verse 7. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheep. So she came and had continued, even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Continue, please. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Stay where you have discovered. Stay what you have, stay where you have discovered. You have discovered a place, stay there. Now, the discovery of the place, the Bible said it was happenstance. But you see, with God, there is no happenstance. God is deliberate. God is intentional. What happened to Moab was our path was divinely directed. Look, when you align yourself with purpose, divine, divinity will take over from there. Divinity will take over. From there. And your steppings will become ordered. And you'll find yourself going to where you ought to be. Ruth just went to a field. Not knowing who owned the field. But it was a divine direction that led her to a divine purpose. And so she got there. And among all the ladies that were gleaning, Boaz recognized that because there was a beam of light from heaven upon Ruth. Hey, anywhere you get to, you'll be announced because you are aligned onto purpose and because you have found your right place. And the first thing Boaz told her, stay. Stay in this field. Stay in your place. Please tell your neighbor, stay in your place. It wasn't by happenstance that you found this church and decided to worship in this church. Divinity led you to this place. 
And for as long as the Lord will have you stay, stay in this place. Because Boaz was telling Ruth, you can't imagine what I will be doing after now. I might not reveal them to you immediately. But there are things that will happen after now. And there are place specific. Don't leave this place for them to materialize and for you to have them. What were the things that happened afterward? <laughs> because of time, won't be able to read. Boaz told his reapers at the point. He said, that girl, that lady, make sure that on a path of gleaning, drop things deliberately. Now, in Bible times, during harvest, when harvest is on, there will be droppings. And God told the Israelites as part of his law that you must not pick whatever drops when you are harvesting. Leave them for the poor. Leave them from, for the strangers. And so the poor of the land during harvest will come. Because for you to be poor, it meant that you didn't have a farm of your own. But God had provision even for the poor. Hallelujah. Compassion. We have a compassionate father. And he said, allow them to come to your farm when you are harvesting. While the reapers are reaping, things that drop, allow the poor to pick, allow the strangers to pick them. So that was what Ruth came to do. Remember Ruth and Naomi came in empty. In fact, Naomi said, I was full when I came to Moab, but I'm living empty. So they came empty. And to start up their life, they had to start from gleaning. And Ruth came to glean. But Boaz said, stay. She stayed. And know what Boaz began to do? The first thing he did was to increase the economic life of Ruth and Naomi. Hallelujah. And he told the reapers, when you are reaping, put your hands in the harvest and drop it on the path of Ruth. Ruth thought it was, she was gleaning the droppings. Ruth did not know that she was gleaning harvest. Hallelujah. The Lord will take you from gleaning to harvest. <laughs> that is the provision he has for you in your place. In your place, gleaning will translate to harvest. You may not have a farm. You may not see the wind. You may not see the rain. But your valley will be filled with water. That is the father you serve. That is the God you serve. Don't think you need to have what they have before your life can be meaningful. The Lord can cause the ground to bring forth from barrenness. You can have fruitfulness. That is who God is. That is what he does. Ruth had no inkling of the fact that that could happen. And she kept going back home. And Naomi kept saying, whose field did you glean here? He said, it's the field of one Boaz. And he has said, I should not leave. He has said, I should stay. And Naomi said, wow. It's my kinsman. It is true. Stay there. Hallelujah. And then Naomi began to do the work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Naomi began to train Ruth. Carriage. Naomi began to train Ruth how to cut Boaz. She began to train Ruth how to endear herself into the heart of Boaz. So that from being a gleaner to being an harvester, 
Ruth will become the owner of an estate. Because that was what exactly happened to Ruth. Ruth became the owner of an estate. Because Ruth became the wife of Boaz eventually. Child of God, it is a journey that leads from gleaning to harvesting to becoming the estate owner. There is a provision for you in your place. If you will stay, you will have it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Naomi taught her. Naomi asked her to do certain things. Boaz responded by saying, I want to marry her. Boaz took initiative to bring Ruth in so that Ruth could be a co-owner of his estate. A poor Moabites that came to a foreign land and became owner of the land. Not only that, there was this eternal connection that is glorious, mighty, which Ruth eventually got connected to. Ruth got connected to the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somebody who was not it became it. Somebody who was meant to be caused became blessed. Somebody who was not in the plan of God crashed in into the plan of God forcefully because she identified purpose. She identified the God of purpose. She recognized her place. She stayed in her place. She understood who the people she must be with were. She understood the plan. There was a plan in, in place. Naomi gave the plan. Boaz also lent a hand in the plan. Boaz said, stay. Naomi said, where you are staying, this is how to behave. Hallelujah. In the plan is the how. In that plan is the way to walk. Is the way to move. In that plan, the Holy Spirit teaches you skills. The Holy Spirit inspires. The Holy Spirit reveals you. In the plan, the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to things to do. And when you carry out the plans... You become estate owner. Hallelujah. There is a mind of the Lord for you. The Bible says his thoughts towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil. To bring you to a desired end. It is well with her. It is well with her. In the name of Jesus. It is well with her. The power of life. The power of life. Power of life. The power of life directed towards her in the name of Jesus. Life is yours in the name of Jesus. It is well with her. Is she's in God's presence. No cause for alarm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Life in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. So there is a provision for you and I in Boaz, our Christ Jesus. Naomi, our Holy Spirit, gives a plan. We follow through in the plan. As we align with place, we align with the right people, and we align with the plan. And then things will happen for us. Divine alignment is God's mind for you and I. The end of the story will always be abundance. For Christ said, the thief may come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So afflictions may come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give life 
and to give in abundance, abundant life for you and yours in the name of Jesus. Can we rise on our feet as we pray this morning? Let's rise on our feet as we pray this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Isaac, can you please drop the camera and come to the altar and let's, and let's worship the Lord for a minute or two. Lift up your hands unto the one who owns your life, the one who watches over you, the one who carries you in his own hand, the one who leads you, the one who has been your helper up to now, the one who has not left you, not for a minute, not for a moment. Can you just lift up your hands and give him worship this morning? Give him worship, give him worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The steadfast love of our Lord never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Can you please lead us? First love of the Lord never sees His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Oh, 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 oh,
things that have been troubling and has been kind of trying to make you come out of alignment. Can you begin to address that? And while that is done, those who have not given their heart to Christ, I want to ask you to do so now. You are saying this morning that I am not in league with Christ. I have not given my heart to him. I am a stranger to the commonwealth of Israel. I am not in Christ Jesus. Oh, I used to. I backslided. I left that. I left. I left God's presence completely. Backsliding. Whether you're backsliding or you are saying, I've never come to Christ this morning. Can you please uh, raise your hand at me and let me pray with you. I'm asking you to come to life this morning. I'm asking you to come to alignment this morning. You are saying, I want to come to alignment this morning. I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or you are saying, I have left, I have gone astray completely. And I want to come back to alignment this morning. I'm making up my mind to realign to divinity, to realign to that which God has put in place for me. I'm saying, lift up your hands and I will pray with you. I just want to pray with you. Some people, people like that. People like that, I can't see any hand yet. I can't see any hand yet. You're saying, I want to give my life to Christ Jesus. I want to come to life. I want to come to life. I desire salvation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So all of us, let's just pray again and ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you in your journey of life. Tell the Holy Spirit that he remains your teacher. He remains your leader. He remains your director. Tell the Holy Spirit that you submit to his authority. The innkeeper, the one to care for you. The one Jesus has given that mandate to, to care for you. Tell the Holy Spirit that I'm available for you. Tell the Holy Spirit I submit completely to your authority. Completely to your leading. Completely to your direction. 
hotel, the porter is also the porter who is mandated to watch over your life. That you submit to yourself to his watchings. So the Holy Spirit has watchings over you. That you submit yourself to his watchings. Holy Ghost, I submit myself consciously again unto your watchings, unto your care, unto your direction, unto your leading. I submit myself consciously unto all that you have in mind for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So that has been dislocation. That is the phrase, or that is the word you can use to describe life. Dislocation. Dislocation. On account of steps you've made, taken in time past, on account of decisions you took in recent time, you had a dislocation of life. All eyes shut, all eyes bowed. Because of certain decisions you took, certain steps you took, you have found yourself where you are today. Listen, you may be like Naomi today, but your story will not end in this state because Naomi became a grandmother. Naomi had restoration. Naomi thought it was ah, it was totally, it was it was the end that come to to whatever is called glory. But God restored her. God is saying this morning, I will restore you. You took certain steps in time first and it brought about dislocation. All eyes shut, all eyes bowed. Lift up your hands. I simply want to pray with you. The Lord identifies you as you do so. Father, for those, oh God, who are saying, on account of decisions I made in time first, on account of things I did in time first, I've had dislocation of life. You identify them, you know them. From this moment, from this minute, Lord God, there is restoration. Oh, Lord God, there is realignment. Realignment unto that which you have paint down for them in the name of Jesus. Father from this moment I pray and I ask that you will begin to rewrite things oh God concerning their lives in the name of Jesus. Things that are from the depth of your spirit. Things that are of essence unto their lives. Lord that you begin to write and begin to cause to happen and they begin to experience in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. There is physical realignment this morning. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, the Lord asked me to tell us that bread will be enough and bread will overflow. <laughs> bread will be enough and bread will overflow. That which is called not enough has been erased this morning. And God has brought you and I to more than enough. In the name of Jesus, identify that area where there is shortage. Where you are experiencing shortage. Identify with that area now. And begin to receive your increase. 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 Can you tell the Lord I receive my increase? I receive my increase unto overflow. This morning I receive my increase unto overflow. Because I am realigned. Because I am aligned rightly. Because I am rightly aligned. I have my portion. I have my inheritance. I have it unto overflow. In the name of Jesus. I'm asking us to pray. I'm asking us to pray. 
Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. I open your mouth and pray. Realignment unto increase. Realignment unto purpose. Realignment unto increase. Realignment unto overflow. Where there are shortages, I receive abundance. Where there are shortages, I receive overflow. 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 In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The healer is in the house. He wants to realign you to health. Oh, this morning, realignment unto health. Realignment unto health. Every aching part of your body, receive the word of life in the name of Jesus. And I, 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 I purposefully this morning declare instant healing. And I, I expect it. I have faith for it. And I say it happens now. In the name of Jesus. Realignment unto health. In the name of Jesus. In the beginning the Bible said it was not so. What was not so? Sickness was not so. Diseases were not so. So that which was in the beginning. I command the restoration to it. Your body realigns. Your body realigns. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Any cell that is going haywire, I command you to be reset. A resetting, a resetting, a resetting. Cells and tissues going haywire, a resetting, a resetting, a resetting, a resetting. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands. Give him praise. Exalt him. Blessed be your name, Father. God is good. His mercy endures forever. Glory to God.